Hi, I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Dr. Chuck Hoffaker. He is a veterinarian with the Southern Poultry Research Group near Athens, Georgia. Chuck, always a pleasure. Pleasure. Now, you gave a keynote address at this year's International Poultry Scientific Forum. Do I detect just an air of, of sarcasm in that title, or are you genuinely optimistic? No, I'm genuinely optimistic. The broiler industry has grown and become the main food uh, meat source for the U.S. consumers and rapidly becoming the, the number one meat eaten around the world. And I'm very optimistic that even though there's a lot of regulations coming and a lot of changes in consumers' requests of the poultry industry, that the, the industry will change and, and be successful and still provide a good, healthy, and wholesome uh, meat source to the U.S. consumers. Now, you outlined a number of concerns in your presentation, the biggest one being the gut health of poultry. And of course, that's nothing new. It's always been a concern for as long as people yeah. have been raising birds, but you sound like you're even more concerned about it today. Over the last 40 years, we worked very hard using um, anti-coccidial drugs and using antibiotics to maintain the intestinal health of the bird. Now, with the changes in, in what consumers are asking for, without antibiotics and without some of those coccidiostats, we're having to relearn how to grow broilers that are not, don't get exposed to those antibiotics. So I think that's a whole new learning process for the broiler industry and the turkey industry, and I think they'll learn how to do it. We're just, it's, a, it's actually, for the young veterinarians and the young production people, I think it's an exciting time. They're going to learn new ways that us old guys didn't, didn't learn. Now you singled out necrotic enteritis in your presentation, why is that? Well, necrotic enteritis is a disease caused by Clostridium perfringens. It's a bacteria that lives out in the soil and go out outside here and dig around in the soil and find it. It's in every chicken house in the, in the world probably. That bacteria has for many, many years been controlled by the use of, of antibiotics. And as more operations go to reducing antibiotics or even going to antibiotic-free, I mean, you really can't talk about managing necrotic enteritis without talking about preventing coccidiosis. Is that right? That's correct. <clears throat> One of my slides said that where food safety animal welfare and no antibiotics um, come together is actually the, the coccidia. The coccidia are a protozoan that until we learned to control it in the 50s, the broiler industry was not going to grow to what it is. Once we learned how to control that protozoan in a way that was economical, didn't cause a problem for the animals, then the industry could, could could actually begin as an industry. We could grow larger numbers of birds in houses at a very cost-effective way. And so that protozoan is everywhere in, a, in every poultry house in the world. And if we don't control it, it causes intestinal damage, which then allows Clostridium to proliferate and generate the disease necrotic enteritis. So these operations that are going antibiotic-free they can lean on the vaccines, and they can also lean on the uh, non-ionophore anti-coccidials. 
How is that working out? Are those two types of products alone getting the job done? They're used in two different ways. So let's talk about the, the, the vaccine. To me, the, the future most successful program will be for us to use the vaccine to allow the bird's immunity to control the coccidia. Today, we haven't quite figured out the best way to apply the vaccine. Maybe we don't have the exact right vac vaccinating co coccidia as antigens. But vaccination is long-term going to be the, the biggest solution to this problem. The, the non-ionophore, the non-antibiotic anti-coccidials, we call them the chemicals, those chemical anti-coccidials Resistance, resistance is selected quite rapidly. So the, the coccidia that can survive in the presence of those chemical anti-coccidials, their population increases and so we have resistant populations. It won't be many years of use of those before they're resistant to all of the, the chemicals we have available. So that's why I say the long-term I think the vaccines are probably going to be our bread and butter for control. You also express concern about chick quality, and of course that's going to be important to any poultry operation, but you seem to suggest that it was uh, particularly a, a concern with these antibiotic-free farms. Well, on, with antibiotic-free, that means we can't have any uh, antibiotic in our um, in ovo injection, mm -hmm. so genomycin, comes out of, out of use. We know that a certain amount of bacteria come from the hen to the baby chick, and that's what genomycin was controlling. So if we don't have everything just right on the breeder farm, so that we don't have, so we have a low load of bacteria to the baby chicks, then that high load of bacteria to those baby chicks are gonna make unhealthy chicks that are gonna have a hard time developing their intestinal tract and having a good healthy normal flora because we're relying on antibiotic free programs with natural means of healthy intestinal flora to keep the clostridium from growing and causing disease. So what's the solution then in the absence of the hatchery antibiotic? It's maintaining um, clean nests, it's egg gathering at frequent times, not leaving eggs in the nest for too long, it's keeping the eggs at the right temperature, not setting floor eggs, setting only nest eggs, a lot of things that are just basic animal husbandry. Um, you also talked about food safety uh, and expressed some concerns about salmonella colonization. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I, I, Greg Mathis and I did a study several years ago where we looked at does necrotic enteritis, the disease, increase the salmonella colonization in a broiler. And what we found was that the disease by itself doesn't increase salmonella colonization. But I think what happens, in, and uh, Scott Rus Russell at the University of Georgia did some very nice research, and I presented that in, in my, my talk, that as we have birds that get sick, if they get sick from necrotic enteritis, we have variable sizes of birds, big birds and little birds, and those small birds in a processing plant oftentimes have their intestines nicked or they have um, crops that spill out, and so we end up with more contamination from the viscera and more salmonella contamination. 
because of bird size, not necessarily because of the disease, necrotic enteritis. So Chuck, in these operations where they're not using the antibiotic in the hatchery, and maybe they're not using the antibiotic elsewhere, does it put more pressure on just good husbandry practices and uh, perhaps doing a better job at the breeder vaccination program? What we see is that we've, we lose that ability to use antibiotics to prevent low-level bacterial diseases. So we have to prevent any bacterial diseases coming through from the breeders. We also want to make sure that the broilers have very good immunity to the various viral diseases so that they don't have any secondary bacterial infections. And so breeder health, breeder husbandry becomes much more important um, as a tool to manage the broilers as we go into a, a no antibiotics ever broiler program. So with all these challenges then, you truly are optimistic. I'm very optimistic that the opportunities for the broiler industry are shifting in a different direction, but they've learned how to shift as, as different genetics have come along and different production practices change. We're gonna have a, a very successful broiler industry. Mm -hmm.